This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya and previet hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Europuck Podcast YouTube channel. The Europuck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Uh, that was pretty fucking good for somebody who's half dead, eh, bud? Oh man, oh, I need I need a legit IV drip. Like, <laughs> I need the little little walking cane that comes with it, so I can just walk the back around. Fuck, fuck. Uh, I can't I can't do that anymore. I am too old to rally uh, with the boys like that. I, I just yeah. can't I can't do this, dude. Wild weekend and I. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, you had yourself a fucking weekend. That what I've heard from you. You're always uh, always getting on my case about going out and golfing eighteen <laughs> and packing the beers down, and then you go out and fucking down like what four kegs by yourself? Jesus Christ, man! Mm. I don't not that far, but like, dude, it definitely front Saturday morning felt like I had put a punishment like that. But no, um, I don't know. I felt like I, I drank a quart, just total of hard liquor mix. I, we we did everything. The only thing I didn't have in like a thirty-six hour time span was gin because I don't like gin. But like I was fed to <laughs> select scotch all the way down to fucking uh, a very crisp white Zinfandel. So that's for Corey. Uh, of sporty pod you know the sporty family um last time i talked to them i told them that i tried wine for the first time and i just wasn't i wasn't having it dude at some point this white zinfandel amongst the chaos that it was it came out real crisp so i guess i guess the wine i do like is a little girly but it is what it is um we're starting somewhere and you didn't have any of my pink whitney my baby dude i i I had a couple of hits of Pink Whitney, but I was happy I did not bring a bottle of fucking Pink Whitney because it I love Pink you. Whitney. It's just got it's a little too sugary for me to to down too much of it, you know. And I knew that I would have just overdone it because I brought a couple of um it's really sick. So down here, uh Urban South is like one of my favorite local breweries, but they've been doing this spilled series where 
the easiest way to put it, it's like if it's if it's put in threes, it's like one third is beer and two thirds is some type of fruit puree. Uh, but they did a pink lemonade one and I was like, oh shit. So I was mixing pink lemonade, um, this this spilled beer that was pink lemonade with pink Whitney. And it was an unreal mix until the next day when I had like acid indigestion that was just like, it felt like a car trying to kickstart. <laughs> and I want to yeah. clarify something for the listeners. This isn't like the next day hangover for you. This is like no, no. This is like day three. Like <laughs> this is day three, and, and dude, like <laughs> I got home and like immediately was just like I have to go to work. Like <laughs> I haven't had a break. I might have slept like twelve <laughs> hours in three days right now. Um, but I did catch all <laughs> most of the most of the Dallas games, and Biloxi was not my friend. I was pissed i couldn't get this game on any of the television because mississippi state and old miss versus who the i think it was the gators was more important welcome welcome i had money on this game uh football we, we can't talk about football right I don't, now man i dude. had saquon <laughs> i had saquon um but no dude it was so bad i, I don't really throw up dude like if i throw up it, it happens right it happens to the, to the best of us Dude, I was in the bar and I legit needed help. Like not not help moving. I just needed water. And my boys kept looking at me. They're like, "You good?" I'm like, "I need a water." And they're like, "You want a beer?" I'm like, "I need a fucking water, bud." And they would put a fucking beer in front of me. And before, like, I didn't make it outside. I threw up in the fucking bar. Like, just fucking doused the floor. Like, I left a mark that night. Like, you know, like, dude, I got up. Bayou dude, I was Benders so pissed. remembered for years. Dude, and it's, it, it doesn't end there. Like, I leave this place literally in the bathroom cleaning fucking puke out of my beard. That That's that's big for me. Like, nothing touches my fucking beard like that. I had my fucking man. <laughs> I had my man bun in. I had it up. And when I went to throw up, son, I hit it with my fucking collared shirt. And it fucking took it, it. It took the fucking band out. I got the tarp down, and guess what? It's turned into a fucking natural bib. I felt disgusting. I, I felt like I, I hurt myself. You know, like I was embarrassed for my beard. It gets worse. It takes me all fucking day to get up. And you know what, guys? It's not even just how much liquid I drank. We went out to eat at a place called Morton Steakhouse. Yeah, if they fucked us. Anyway, you know I get very vegetarian options. These motherfuckers paying one forty five for a plate. I'm looking like a goddamn savior leaving this place spending like twenty five thirty dollars. Thank you. Um, but they fucking give me a. They give me something like a, it was a side. I think it was Brussels sprouts. And guess what? It had fucking bacon in it, dude. And I was so fucking crippled that I didn't notice I was eating bacon till I was done. And I was like, shouldn't be too bad, right? Dude, it shredded my insides. Like, dude, that shit broke me. <laughs> it fucking broke me. When you don't eat meat for a while, your body is not used to it. Yeah, and but, but dude, I was just, I was like, dude, I'm a fucking tank, but I got this. I got this, dude. My beard 
took the brunt of, of that pain. And then these motherfuckers, after I can rally 12 hours later, I'm in the pool. I'm fucking dead to the world, pale as shit. They want to go back out. I'm like, that's fine, dude. You know, just let's just not go back there. We go back to the same fucking place dude and i am just so upset i'm like dude i literally just fucking puked all over this fucking place yesterday and i'm back in line with my id out my five dollar cover charge bud and i presume to fucking do it again i didn't throw up but i fucking i had a couple shots and, and he, i came back out dude like kind of warmed myself back out and eased in and then it was just another blackout i fucking went insane again <laughs> I mean, miserable. I can't say I've had I had as an exciting weekend or week as you did. You fucking tore it up down there in the south. The Bayou Benders will be remembered as a drunken beauty for years to come in Morton's Steakhouse or whatever, dude, <laughs> wherever dude, you were. Dude, I was I was holding on to a fucking tree. Like I just had my hand up on a tree holding me up, and but I was in like their. I don't know. They're, <laughs> they're like fake garden in the front. I look like, like legit. Like it was Halloween. Like you give me another month. I could have been like a fucking, just a prop for a Halloween design. Like <laughs> it was bad. They said I was walking around like Jason Voorhees. Cause I was so, so worried about fucking like busting my head on the ground. So like all I could do was concentrate on like the 30 yards I had to walk. You know, so like everything was concentrated on my foot, you know, my feet movement. <laughs> <laughs> it was nasty, nasty, nasty. And you know what? I did the right thing. I told them last week I was taking off Monday and I need it. I fucking need it. You still haven't recovered. No, dude, I'll, knows, you... I'm going to come in Tuesday and I'm going to be like, all right, I'm still feeling it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But that's enough. Oh, that's that's enough about that. I the only the only reminder I want to get is from these idiots who are gonna fucking text me for the next six years about it. I've talked enough about my my hurt that I'm still feeling. <laughs> <laughs> no man, I yeah. If um, and you can fucking tell. Well, you're you sound tired. And, uh, <laughs> you know, normally it's me. Normally it's me on Sundays sounding fucking exhausted because I'm working my fucking 5 a.m. bullshit shifts. But you you sound dead, and I'm coming off a 12 hour today. Mm mm. Both tired. Fucking the tired episode. Yeah, really. Yeah, I fucking. Well, we were talking earlier. I uh, I was at uh, I was working fucking eight to four today. And then some dude at my work texts me, he goes, yeah, um, if you work four to seven for me, I will give you e-transfer you a hundred dollars. I'm like, fuck you, man. I can't turn down a hundred dollars, three hours of work. So I work till, uh, work till seven for him and get home. And right before this episode, he's, I'm like, he e-transfers me and, uh, you get like a security question. And he asks me, he does. What is fifty thousand plus fifty thousand? I'm like, okay, simple, right? That's a hundred thousand, and it doesn't work. And I'm th I'm Jeez. sitting here. Jesus. Going, 
am I a fucking <laughs> idiot? I'm like, am I, can I not do math? So I've got the fucking calculator out, getting some like spreadsheets going and it fails two more times. I got one more try to do it. I'm like, what the fuck? It's, it, it can't be anything else. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it. I'm, a, I'm putting in 10,000. The motherfucker put the answers 10,000. That that got my fucking money. But I was like, I'm here <laughs> thinking I'm like, like man, do I need to like go back to school? Jesus Christ! <laughs> no. Well, yeah, it's it's been an interesting day, and um, it's been an inter- for the both of us apparently, and it's been definitely an interesting week in hockey. Um, we, we were talking kind of before you. Well, you mentioned the Dallas Stars game last night. Oh my God. Dude. What a game, man. Dude, like these idiots are, are bumping like I don't know, some country. Like I'm in the I'm in the thick of the fucking country part of the south. And all I'm doing, I got one friend to my to my left. He's got the fucking the the fights pulled up and I'm over, <laughs> I'm next to him watching the game on my phone cuz they they can't find the Dallas game and I'm like this is so integrally important that I I need to fucking see this. <laughs> dude, fuck what dude, Corey Perry is still a pass. Like still who, got it. Still got it. Like who else was it going to be? <laughs> it had to be him. <laughs> it wasn't gonna, it wasn't going to be fucking Sagan, I tell you that. You know, <laughs> it's just perfect though. Like I tweeted out, you know, Corey Perry is a 50 goal scorer, a heart trophy winner, member of the triple gold club, a Stanley cup champion, a world junior champion, an Olympian. He's going to be a future hall of famer, but he will be remembered for being a total jackass <laughs> on the ice. <laughs> and so it had to be him. It had to be him scoring that goal. It was I just I had to chuckle to myself when it was him because I, I couldn't I was kinda like watching it half, you know, like kinda like on my phone tweeting and watching the game and I look I just saw it out of the corner of my eye and I just knew it was him. It just it was perfect. Dude, like now, you know, a lot of people are going to say they did it first, right? But uh, when he took out um, – who was that? Um, in the – come on, Corey. Get, get a little H2O on you. Um, when, during, during the Winter Classic, he took out uh, – what's his name? Uh, Ryan Ellis, dude. And he had that, like, 200-yard walk back to, <laughs> back to the fucking <laughs> locker room. I, like, instantly had the um, – what what is it the uh, uh, curb your enthusiasm theme put up over it? And I had it on my Instagram when I was like super big on doing stuff on Instagram. Literally, I can't watch any highlight. It if like the only thing I hear is the fucking curb your enthusiasm intro song. <laughs> like, this dude is a walking fucking idiot. Like <laughs> he's got yep. so much talent, but he just literally is like Tom Wilson when it comes to like taking a terrible fucking hit penalty like he's fucking hilarious though like you know he's good he's just you hate him if he's not on your team but if he's on your team you fucking love him oh absolutely dude i don't know which game it was because everything's a fucking blur but like he got put on the ground he's just literally sitting and he's just cross-checking people in the fucking knees like 
<laughs> There's a pile around him. <laughs> I, I, I think it's like he's so aware that he's a dickhead. Dude, like, not, he, I think it's I think knows. it's great. Like he at this point, you know, like you see like the young players that have to try so hard to be the dickhead, and he is just so, you know, enveloped in what is the Corey Perry dickhead that like. Every now and then, he just has to make a gl- – he just winces at somebody, and they're like, it's back. You know, like, he, he's going to be a shit today. Like, Well, and he, like, he backs it up, too. Mm, and I think that's, absolutely. that's the thing about being a hockey dickhead. If you're just a dickhead, well, wh- okay, what do you do for me? You do nothing. You're right. pointless. You're not going to get a roster spot. But when you're a dickhead who can put 50 goals past the uh, goal, like the other opposition in the season, if you're a dickhead who can win the Hart Trophy, you're hated by 31 teams in the NHL. But you are fucking beloved by mm-hmm. that one, by your team. And that that's what I love about this sport. It's just guys like that. They're just they're integral pieces to teams. And having Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski, like a guy who Dude, Joe Exotic, dude. A senior veteran player who has won it and having a veteran player who hasn't won it, I think that is, like, really important to the team because Corey Perry knows how to get there. He wants to get there. You know what I mean? Like, he he understands what you have to do to win the cup. Joe Pavelski is – how old is he now? Like, 36, 37? Yeah, somewhere up there. I know. I think they said something about him being in the league for like I believe it's thirteen to fourteen seasons already. So like, yeah, he's old. Joe. Joe's been around for a bit, and he's never won the cup. So having that, you know, kind of this is might be my last shot mentality. Yeah, I think those two have been two of the major catalysts, along with Hudobin for that Dallas Stars team. Yeah, I, what, what's what's awesome about that? Like, like I love how you put that. Like. It's literally oh he all right he's thirty six so you got there's three different types of people that are battling so hard on this team you know it's like that on the other team as well but you got Joe Pavelski whose whose drive is to get you know he got back to it and it's time to close it out right this is this is I don't say Joe's going anywhere next season but like this this could you know punch his card for his legacy for his you know his personal game you got Corey Perry who's you know trying to prove he's still got it you know, wants to help a team get there. So you, you got the guy who's already won it. You got the guy who, who's been there and is ready to be back. Then you got, you know, Jamie Ben and the rest of Dallas, who's just like, it's my, you know, this, it's our fucking time to get it, you know? So like, there's just three different types of motivation from leaders on this team that, you know, like if the puzzle pieces work, they're going to have a fucking great game. And they really have not had a bad game. There's what was it like, uh, the second or third game wasn't wasn't the best, but like I mean, the last two games have been unreal to watch. Jamie Ven- Jamie Ben's no fucking like pushover either. No, he's he's an Art Ross winner. He is a grit guy. You know, people might think he's a dickhead. Central Division teams don't like Jamie Ben. Dude, a lot of people don't like Jamie Ben. I'm like, look, I get it, you know, but like at the same time, like. Yeah, he's not, like, the guy you would – I remember when I first started playing fantasy. Like, he was in the top five people you would pick, and this dude would be unreal all season. Like, yeah, his offensive numbers have gone down. His ability has not. And 
all he did was just to further develop his fucking tenacious, you know, tenacity on the ice. Like he's just like, okay, well, I got to find a way to still be as big of an impact as I was when I was literally like in the top three goal scoring. And now he just beats the piss out of people and, and finds great, great areas on the ice. Yeah. And here for Jimmy Ben was shit. 39 points in 69 games by the stand is horrible. But, you know, 53 and 78 this year. Stars sucked. 27 goals, though. Jay was 31. Like, you could easily see Ben score point next season. Like, you know, well, next season's not. I don't think it's a lack of talent from Jamie Ben. I think it's just let's be honest, this Dallas Stars team shouldn't be here. They're not that good. They've got really good, like a really good core, a really group good group of mm-hmm. highly talented forwards and defensemen. Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, Radulov, you know, their core guys are really talented. Depth has always been the question for them. But I think Jamie Ben getting more on track. Jamie Ben brings more than just points, and he always has. And to kind of allude to your point, if he's not going to score a goal, he's going to run straight through you to get to the net and, you know, crash the net, get in front of the goalie. He's just, I think, for lack of a better term, he's a great captain because of the way he plays, the way he positions himself on the ice, his will to win. And, no one's going to accuse Jamie Ben of being a better player than John Tavares. But I think there's a reason that this Dallas Stars team has made it this far into the playoffs on the backs of not only good goaltending, because the Leafs had it too, but because of leadership. And, you know, I think, say what you want, a kind of a fluke. They got lucky with the avalanche. Yeah. Oh, Let's no, not get ourselves. Like, absolutely. But – they won. They beat Vegas because of goaltending and tenacity, and I think th- this is a perfect fucking matchup. This Stanley Cup Finals has been fucking amazing. It's been high octane offense and just pure talent against grit and determination. It's like a true underdog story, really, yep. this year. I love it, and I mean, I don't really care for Tampa, but but I. My heart goes out to fucking Steven Stamkos, dude. As ugly as his his drip is right now, uh, I just got a notification on the way home that like he's he's not coming back for any you know the rest of the Stanley Cup Finals. Is he? Up? Yeah. I, uh, I didn't. I didn't that. read into it. I don't Fuck. know what he's hurt from. You know, <laughs> like, but like, I mean, truthfully, I feel like. I mean, I don't know if he played enough games because I know you got to play what it's over over half the games in the season or one game in the finals. I don't know if he played enough to even do that. You know, like he missed a lot of time. He literally missed seven months, but I mean, that's what's still that for, during, what's up. You have to play have that many games for what to, to be on the cup. Right. So like, oh, you know, okay. this yeah. is, this okay. is just a, a Southern dream. This is, this is, I, I haven't looked into it. I haven't really had a chance, you know? Um, but I truly like, I was thinking, I was like, maybe he didn't play enough this year. And uh, they were like, if we end up winning this, it would be terrible not to have Steven Stamkos put on there because of play and not just because it was put on there because he deserves it, you know. But if, if, if literally he had to play two minutes of game, game three and just with an unreal shot, you know, just drive, drive them home for that game, uh, it shows Steven Stamkos even hurt 
has still got it. And if he's not, if you're playing against him, it's aggravating. It is aggravating the accuracy of, of this guy. <laughs> well, Stamkos played 57 games this year. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, See, I, didn't look any of I, don't, I don't think it was a lack of, I think the reason Stamkos played, <laughs> I think the reason Stamkos played was because he's always like, yes, he made a, he probably did rush back too quickly and injured himself, but kind of maybe to allude to that, I wonder if Stamkos felt that if he didn't play at all in the, in the playoffs, if it really meant anything. I know as a player, you just want to get back and, you know, that might have been on his mind. But I don't think if Tampa wins this cup that Stamkos won't be seen as a champion. And I know there's always going to be some fucking dickhead on Twitter who's going to say it. Right. People on Twitter will say literally anything. They speak straight out of their ass. It's fucking Twitter, bud. Like, Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think Stamkos was – if Stamkos was on this roster right now, it would have been over in four. Yeah. And I'm saying that, like, I have no doubt in my mind. Like, they might lose this series because they don't have Steven Stamkos. I mean, I went into it, you know, you had the they, – they did smart with – and then ending their, their previous series against the Islanders, taking Braden Point out. You know, because it truthfully, if if it was, you know, if it was a minor injury or if it was just to give him more rest, it literally, you know, it made everyone who's not playing the fucking game be like, okay, well, if this dude seriously, if he's hurt in any way, like they're already down forwards, like it, it's almost like it could be the avalanche all over again, you know, like just your top people are just not there. You know, and I mean, game one, they drilled Kucherov. Game two, they drilled Kucherov. Like, this kid was getting ragdolled. And it looked like they were just like, okay, we're just going to take out the, the, the front end, you know. Um, but, you know, I just I just feel bad for Steven Stamkos. I, I, truthfully, you're probably right. You know, like for him, this is a that was a personal game. You know, he's like to go out there. To, to, to play a couple of shifts, to unite the boys, and then not just that, just to fucking get a insane goal, you know, just just to still got it, you know, seven months in basic fucking physical rehab, you know, come out, score, get taken off the ice, and, and, and that, that was your playoff and final stint, you know, this season. It's crazy. And to maybe just kind of reel it back into some Haps talk here, because I feel we owe them. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. Um, it's not like there's still... nothing to talk about. I'm excited. <laughs> like, I'm super excited about the Habs news. While um, kind of on the Tampa subject, we saw a lot of discussion last night especially, and we've seen it for the past three years, but it reemerged last night because he scored a goal. Miguel Sergachev has had – a decent playoffs to say the least for um Tampa 10 mm-hmm. points 22 games he had that big goal last night could have won the game for them but Pavelski and Perry had other ideas could have won the cup for them there if Sergeyev scored the Stanley Cup clinching like winning goal I would have shot myself because Twitter would have <laughs> been absolutely just crazy with anti Bergevin news but, you know, people kind of bringing it back up. And I know you feel 
strongly on the subject and I know I do. So I'm just going to say my, my piece to start. And then if you have an issue with it, if you think I'm a dumbass, go ahead and tell me. Okay. I think that look at the, like if people want to pull those stats, right? 10 points in 22 games, Jonathan drew in at seven points in 10 games. Everyone shot on him. <laughs> Everyone said, oh, Druin, you're, you're so ass, man. You're not doing anything. He was tied for the team lead in points. You know he was tied with? Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki scored seven points in ten games, and everyone's ready to anoint him as our new savior. Jonathan Druin did the exact same thing, and people are telling him he's ass. Like, I, if that's not Montreal media personified, I don't know what the fuck is. But on top of that, People act like Mark Bergevin didn't know what he was trading away. Mark Bergevin knew damn well what he was trading away because he draft, when he drafted Sergachev at ninth, everyone was shocked. They were like, what? Like, <laughs> you're going to draft this guy? And so far, everyone was high on Ulevi. Um, I forget the other defenseman in that draft, but if I'm forgetting him, you know, that says something, right? Sergachev's turned out to be the best defenseman in that draft so far. And... Bergevin knew exactly what he was getting rid of. At the time, left D was a position of strength for us. You know, we still thought we were going to have to sign Markov, Radulov. Um, we had, fuck, who else did we have? We were coming off, I believe, what was it, like the fourth lowest goals against average in the league. Mm-hmm. And we were coming out of a series against New York where we only scored 11 goals. We needed goal scoring, and Jonathan Drouin was coming off a playoff run where he had like 17 points in 20 games or something ridiculous like that. So Bergevin knew what he was giving up. Drouin hasn't panned out exactly as we wished, but I don't know. To slice it up and say that Bergevin got fleeced I think is ridiculous because Jonathan Drouin plays with Tampa, and I saw this highlighted on Twitter. Someone tweeted, I cannot think of the username, but I totally agreed with it. Put Jonathan Druin in Tampa, he's going to get 70, 80 points with that talent around him. Right. You know, he's just not surrounded by that talent yet. He's going to be playing with a stud sophomore, Nick Suzuki. KK is going into his third season. Dano is Dano. You know, he's growing as an offensive player every year. I think he's going to have a real good chance and a good opportunity to get 60, 70 points this year. And I am okay with that. That's what we expected from him. No one thought he was going to be a fucking number one starting centerman who was going to score 90 points a season. No one, no one in their fucking right mind thought that. And you really look at it. Sergachev sucks defensively. He's a liability there. And at the end all, you know, end all be all, what has he really contributed to this Tampa Bay team in the playoffs? I'm not saying Sergeyev isn't going to be a stud all-star defenseman because he is themselves and say that he's a stud now because he's a third pairing defenseman. Did right. we lose the trade? I think so. Like out of value wise, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But to say Bergman got fleeced, I think he knew exactly what he yeah, was trading. No, I don't. For. I don't think. I don't think the fleecing. I think that's just that's just oh, that's just a hyper extension, you know. But like you said, we knew what we were giving up, but at the same time, we needed we needed offense. We needed someone who, you know, for I mean, just just look at it in general. Like Drew Wayne was putting up numbers on a team that was already pretty stacked. 
but he was doing it where he he didn't want to be there you know like that sense of being in Tampa was already gone you know so like you got a guy who's still regardless of you know what he's capable of doing he didn't want to be in Tampa and was still able to put up numbers like that so it's like okay well like you know like if he can do it in a negative area like I mean fuck like if we can just help bring a team around him, you know, give him a positive place to be like, fuck, you can do it here, you know? And we took our shot. And I mean, I don't think Sergachev would be, I think he'd probably be playing the exact same here, you know, and maybe even worse, you know, because we don't have like, I mean, we, we have it now, but like, dude, that was like two years of just like our talent was hit or miss. You know, we, we, we don't have, a 62 win season, you know, we, we, we are hot and cold constantly all year. I don't see him getting the chances, getting the, the free, you know, secondary assists because you got like un unreal talent, you know, in, in, you know, in your first and second lines, like, you know, I, I don't would not be what he is with Tampa if he was with Montreal. Yeah, no, I totally that's, just, agree that's that. a fucking fart and a win. Like people would are just, Oh, he's got success. Look who he's fucking playing with. Like, Braden Point was literally a UFA, you know, and in two two seasons, he is he's basically playing like Kucherov's 120-point season, you know, last year. It's, and just, it's unreal. Tampa Bay as an organization is phenomenal. I just – drafting and growing players in general, I just – they're – Steve Eiserman implemented such a great mm-hmm. system there. But just to clarify, I'm not saying we won the trade because we fucking lost. Like, we lost the trade. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we lost. Yes. Bergman lost the trade. But I think in order to acquire players like Drewen, you got to take shots for starters. And sometimes you're going to miss. Bergman doesn't miss a lot. Sometimes you got to miss. Um, but on this one, I don't think he missed. I think he grazed, you know, it was a grazing shot, right? He kind of got what he wanted. He kind of hit where he wanted to, but it's not going to fix the problem. It's not going to, you know, kill the issue. Um, but I I mean, I truthfully think that he did not lose. Like he might've lost a little bit of value, but there are teams out there that, that still believe that they can, they can have, they can receive Jonathan Drouin and this kid can come back to what he was capable of doing on Tampa. So like his value has not gone out down that much. So like, like we lost it as far as like opportunities on ice wins, you, you know, like offense, but like this dude can be moved and we can get a great asset back, whether it's a pick or not. Like, you know, like we're, we're literally too. just holding someone that, you know, if he doesn't work out here, like we're going to get something very nice in return for him. Like, so he's, he's also 25 years old. Right. Like he, he's entering what should be his prime. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. look at Philip Deneau. He didn't enter his prime until I would say this season, maybe last he's, 27 28 now like brendan gallagher didn't enter his prime until a few seasons ago it's not it's not just like i don't know i think it's the unreasonable expectations of montreal and i'm not gonna say that we didn't like lose the trade value wise because we did and that's a fact 
but Bergevin's been the first person to say it, and he's been pretty vocal about it. To get star players in this league, you have to pay the price. And, you know, you've got to overpay most of the time to get players like that. To get an impact player, you've got to overpay. That's just the way it is. That or you got to draft them. And what Bergevin did was draft draft a player. It was in a position at the time he was strong in, and he decided he was expendable and he could use it. And that's what he did. And I don't have an issue with that at all. I think it's a trade that happened three years ago that we just need to get the fuck over. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I just – it's done. It's it over. Happened. I'm happy fuck with it. Jonathan Druin. Yeah. Yeah. I love the guy. I think, you know, sometimes he frustrates the shit out of me. But when he's playing, he's playing fucking insane. And you can tell that I think from a purely raw skill and talent perspective, he is still our best player. He has the most raw talent of anyone not named Carey Price on that hockey team. I truly believe that. All right. that I, I don't. I don't put him that highly, but dude, like, you know, it, it's great to know that people still like you, you can, ex, you know, like I think people expect that. And I think that's why they're so hard on him. You know, they expect that every night, you know, that he's not supposed to have an off game. And, you know, I, I just think that it gets talked about too much. It's, it's fucking over. Like you guys did the same thing with the PK and Subban thing. And we just ended up getting Shea Weber and Shea Weber blossomed <laughs> on this team. So, like, you guys have cooled down about that. Dude, Jonathan Drouin is still integral to the, you know, to to our team right now, you know. And until fucking Mark Bergevin makes the greatest fucking move of the century, you know, for his legacy to move him somewhere or, or whatever happens, like, I don't think Jonathan Drouin's time, tenure in, in Montreal is going to be, a, like, a washout, you know. I well, think he was here. Have, he was successful. Who would you have ranked higher in terms of just raw talent? Hmm. <laughs> That's like when I'm saying raw talent, I don't mean like highest potential or like best player, or any like that. I just mean naturally gifted at the game of hockey is able to do things that make you go wow you're right it's like it's like that one game with Houdon like <laughs> or like Houdon has like, yeah Houdon like, has a shit ton of raw talent yeah like I totally agree with that and that um fuck you know what I mean that connection yeah no uh, you know what like that that's the thing. Like, there's players on this team, and and I think that's what stopped me is like I was trying to think like we got futures, you know, like like Nick Suzuki. Like, I haven't seen enough of him. Jonathan Drouin, if that light bulb clicks, it happens, right? And he does something dazzling. And you know, we didn't see we didn't see enough of Houdon. We didn't see enough of Paling. You know, we saw a, a a little glimmer of it. But I think Jonathan Drouin is capable of showing that he has shown that on this team. And people are quick to forget moments like that, you know. But I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong in saying that he's he's the most naturally gifted player on this team. Like, I can I can stand next to you, like, and get fucking vegetables thrown at me for that, you know. Like it's the fucking <laughs> dark ages. Um, I'll stand by with you, like you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, just 
if you'd like, we can move on a little bit. Dude, yeah, I, I, I'm so sick of fucking Jonathan Drew and fucking fight. Like, dude, wow. it comes up on Twitter, and I'm like scrolling past. Like, that's not even got, on my timeline anymore. We got some uh, positive news today. Matthias Norlander scored his first professional goal in the oh SHL regular season. I didn't even know about this. Like, I'm thinking we're going into something else. This is sick. Yep, and it was a fucking beauty. Not only like, oh, wow. like did he score? It was like a Frelinda was cycling the puck, and they passed it to him, and this guy unleashed a Shea Weber cannon. It was a fucking monster of a shot. He, if you wanna, if you wanna see highlights, I would recommend looking up Patrick Bexel on um, Twitter. He's um has eyes on the Prize European correspondent. He has a bunch of like clips of Norlanders play today. And the kid just continues to dazzle. Like he is rising up on everyone's fucking like prospect board so quickly. And we talk about him way too much, but I feel like we got to give status updates now. Cause this kid's just popping off, popping off. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, dude. No, here I am a little quiet. Cause I am, <laughs> I'm looking this up as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how we haven't talked about it. And I think this is what you were. Yeah. I thought I was alluding to, but you know, we're, we just talked about people shitting on Mark Bergevin and Mark Bergevin just pulled off one of the best signings for the Habs. And how many years do you think? Mm. Jeff Petrie. Oh my god, what a contract, man. Six two five is very nice. Like for four years. <laughs> I thought we I thought for sure it was gonna be six. Just the way defensemen have been gouging teams right. the last few seasons. It's what Petrolangelo's asking. It's what Justin Falk got in St. Louis. Oh my god. It's been and Wow, just and what Petrie said after signing just instilled so much faith and confidence. Like we've had, we've seen two players now, Edmondson and Petrie, who have opted against free agency to sign in Montreal. And people have always talked about Montreal being kind of a, you know, free agents don't want to go there. Well, apparently they want to and they want to stay here because Petrie even talked about. He said, you know, guys like Suzuki and Kakeniemi taking steps forward played a really big part in um, re-signing with the Habs. And he talked about how he made sure that Philip Deneau and Gallagher were going to be in contract negotiations. Like, it seems like Petrie's very confident in this team. Um, he even stated, you know, this playoff run that Montreal went on seriously helped his decision to stay. So if, if they're, if that, if you still think that Montreal making the playoffs was a bad idea, like a bad thing for us, Hearing that, if that doesn't change your mind, I don't know what to say to you. Because Jeff Petrie is he's such a fucking stud, man. <laughs> I mean, like, if you if you've just based off of his what he did for us and in, in our little playoff stint doesn't like make you see like what he's virtually, you know, like physically capable of doing. Um his former coach, you know, Craig what was it? Craig McTavish literally said like he, he messed up by not trying to extend his contract, you know, like to not keep faith 
around around him. And dude, we signed him, and I remembered I was like, I really like this dude in Edmonton. I think if we can, if 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 he can just have some solid teammates around him, he can do wonders here. And I'm dude, I'm so happy. I'm gonna be honest, I had no fucking idea who he was when he came to Montreal. Dude. <laughs> and like, oh my god. For a team that always needs defensemen, Edmonton gives up a lot of good defensemen. Dude. Yes. Oh, yes, they do. I'm sorry. I was fucking uh I was reading his fucking beautiful quote. Uh, <laughs> but um uh, but no, dude. So I literally like I think it was like um I was like one of my first years as like commissioner uh cuz I you know I I run like a New Orleans hockey, you know, fantasy hockey league and uh I literally picked this dude because I I had played with Edmonton um in like NHL 13 and he was like one of my favorite players. Like he was just lighting it up. I literally picked him and he wasn't great in fantasy. You know, like he wasn't great in real life. Uh, at that time, but like I loved his style of play. Like I, I followed him a little bit, and when I saw he went to the Canadians, I'm like, dude, like this is a guy I'm already familiar with. Like I, I'm, I'm just happy that I don't have to extend to watch a different team to to continue to watch this guy grow. And dude, like you want to talk about a guy who deserves a fucking six point two five? Is is someone like Jeff Petrie or Petrie, whatever the fuck you want to call him? Like it's you finally you were finally I, getting dude, it right. I will, fucking, I will get it one day, and mm-hmm. and and I'll forget, and I'll literally do what I just did. Like <laughs> you, you uncorrected yourself. Lol. Um, but no, dude, I love this guy. If you had any doubts in him, just rewind and just watch what he did for us in the in the the play in rounds and the playoffs. Like, he's our best defenseman. Oh, dude, I do. Yeah, we had that whole fucking, you know, that whole rant. Let's say seven, eight episodes back. <laughs> I, I honestly like. I, I think him and Shea Weber go back and forth, but I think I, I just think he's our best defense. He's so good. Uh, did you see? Um, what's up? Sorry, to uh, did you see Craig Button's rankings of the Montreal um, roster? No, I have not. Okay, uh, let me pull up. Yeah, while you pull that up, um, I just think Petey's going to do good. Like, what's he got? Another five years, five seasons with the team. I, I, you know, they say defensemen's like uh, their age range. It's a little bit longer. And I think it's insane to think that, like, we haven't seen the best of Jeff Petrie. Like, I think, I think what we saw in the playoffs is about to just trickle down and fall into next season. And I can't be more excited because that literally like, like, yeah, Shea Weber has taken our defenseman's spotlight, but Jeff Petrie, like our, our defensive core is getting so strong, but Jeff Petrie really shined this year. I would agree with that. <clears throat> and uh, sorry, I finally found it. Um, Craig Button came out and said that, so they did like a, a ranking of the Canadians' depth chart. Mm-hmm. And they had Carey Price, number one, you know, like ranking what they are. Price is obviously number one goalie, Allen number two. And uh, he stated that it was him and Glenn Sheeler, and they stated that Montreal is going to have the best one-two punch duo in the NHL this year in goalie, in the crease. And you know what? I couldn't, couldn't just 
couldn't no, sorry, couldn't agree more. They're totally right. And they they ranked Petrie as a first pairing defenseman, um, Weber as a first, and they actually had Gallagher ranked as a second line forward. And obviously, uh, oh sorry, excuse me. Um, Habs Nation on Twitter was not fucking happy about this. <laughs> And, you know, he actually came back and like, usually, you know, TSN analysts, analysts in general, they don't fucking listen. You know, they're not going to backtrack on their opinions. This Craig Button came out and was like, you know what? You're fucking right. He's like, (laughs) we agree. (laughs) We, we, we did it wrong. Gallagher's the first line forward. And I tweeted about, I was like, damn, like that. I just respect, respect. Cause you know how I love Craig Button anyway. Right. So, but yeah, just to see that, they have Petrie listed as a first pairing defenseman. It's so awesome to see that he's finally getting the respect he deserves. Dude, I love it. I love it. Cause then at the same time, you're knowing like, like, yeah, he's going to play, you know, uh, he's going to play first minutes, you know, like, like, and he's going to be, he already does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause what, yeah, he was actually the, he was getting the most minutes of defenseman, but like, he's going to be probably on the second and dude, like just imagine no one, like the confidence going in, knowing that you, your second pairing is just as nasty as your first, and, and really just as nasty as a lot of overall firsts on different teams. Like our defensive core is getting stacked. As um Kevin BX like to call it, the trident. You know, Sherratt, <laughs> Petrie, and Weber, and they're getting a fourth member in Romanov. <laughs> they're. And then Edmondson, too. They're going to punish teams next year. Montreal is not going to be fun to play against, especially if they have Kale McCarr in that lineup. They're going to be such a physical team on the back end. It's going to be ridiculous. Did you say McCarr? Did you mean Fleury? Oh, sorry. I meant Fleury. Yeah. If we had Kale McCarr, I mean, what? if we had Kale McCarr, I think, damn, fuck, I wish. <laughs> Yeah, I meant we just carried a team so. just defensively. Like, <laughs> yeah, we fuck. I wish, man. That'd be so <laughs> fucking nice. He's so good. Jeez, it's all right. Dude. Yeah, we we have two. We have two in the tank that could hopefully, you know, they can come out and have a, a great season like Kale McGar <laughs> does. You know, so. Yeah, but yeah, I, I did mean Kale Flurry. They're gonna destroy teams on that blue line. It's gonna be so fucking fun to watch. We haven't seen – like, Weber definitely helped, but we haven't seen teams afraid of crossing Montreal's blue line since we lost Emelin. And we saw a little bit mm-hmm. – you know, we, we saw it again this year with Schrott and Weber. That scared teams. You know it damn well, it did, especially in the playoffs. But just the, br- the brutality in which Emelin used to fucking destroy people when they crossed that blue line, like, I just can't wait to see that again. Right. Dale Fleury brings that. Romanov brings that. Um, Edmondson brings that. They're going to be tough to play against. Dude, that that blue line is going to be literally <laughs> like a caution sign. Like, <laughs> just change you have to, to sign a, a waiver. To a yellow, a yellow police strip, you know? Enemy, the opposing teams have to sign a waiver before they play Montreal. Right. If you he get past them, sue. Paul yeah. Byron is going to fucking send your fucking stick into the stands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, we, we do have another signing, uh, Jake Evans. I, I still, you know, poor Jake Evans. Like, 
what I really look back on is this poor dude getting crippled against the boards and the play-ins. But uh, but good for Jake Evans. He got a two-year contract extension. He's going to push into the 22 season. Um, Well-deserved, too. Absolutely. Um, you know, it takes a lot of heart and a lot of just determination to come back from, like, a nasty hit like that and, and still, you know, be an integral member in our little playoff run, you know, so – he got little the little bit of time he was in there. He, I felt like he did shine pretty good. So mm-hmm. he, he was noticeable. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I don't know. Something going on with my fucking throat tonight. Jesus. But um, yeah, just some water, bud. A little yeah, lozenge. Usually I, have, usually I have some with me. Um, yeah, you get sponsored by Halls. You get a little lost. Sponsored lozenge. by Halls. <laughs> Halls, <laughs> nah, Halls tastes like ass. No, yeah, but I mean, give like, me some like, give me some secrets. Secrets. My yeah, God. Secrets. We'll put a poll up. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I I think Jake Evans definitely deserves it. He's going to be a great fourth-line center for us next year. And I think we could see the promotion of him going up to the third eventually. Um, Dude, it was a great, it was a great this, fucking signing, too. Like, 700. Phew, like, yeah, for weird. two years. Yeah. Keep in mind that this guy was a Hobie Baker nominee. Seventh-round draft pick. Seventh-round draft pick who led Notre Dame to the frozen four. Um, great compete has led the AHL team in scoring both years. He was playing until, you know, the end, this one got cut short, puts up points at the AHL level. Hasn't been able to do it in Montreal yet, but you know, with very limited opportunities, I would add. Um, I think we, if Jake Evans gets the playing time on the penalty kill and, you know, just fourth line minutes that he could, you know, I think he'll play a little more than fourth line minutes to the penalty kill. Um, I think we could see this guy put up like 25, 30 points next year too. I don't think that's being ridiculous. Like I think he could have a mini breakout. Yeah. I mean, Laval, like his first year, he was like second place in in points and last year he was leading it, even though it was, it was, it was a shortened season, but you know, you're, you're seeing a kid that's playing, you know, you know, even it's the AHL, it's not the NHL, you know, but like you're seeing his progression, you know, like you're seeing like at some point they're going to have to give him a shot. And every time he does get a shot, he, I mean, he, he dazzles, you know, like he capitalizes on it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited. He doesn't do anything flashy. It's no, just, he, he, he does just everything right. Hard work and determination. Yeah. And, and the perfect for the bottom two lines. Jake Evans isn't like when he was first coming out, I really thought it was going to be like a second line center for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe over a little overhyped by me, but when you have a Hopi Baker nominee, they usually are overhyped. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, where are you now? Jimmy VC? Jesus fucking Christ. Oh no. <laughs> that, fi- that Jimmy VC fiasco was awful. Man, where's Jimmy? <laughs> we won. New York won the Jimmy VC sweepstakes. Okay, what'd you win? A fucking fourth liner? Jesus. Yeah, you got you, what's the guy doing. It's the it's the the old Nick Robertson. <laughs> Nick Robertson. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Don't get that started. No, we'll save that for next episode. <laughs> Hashtag where is Jimmy VC? I, I actually have no idea. Is he in Buffalo now? Like where is he? I think he is in Buffalo. Holy shit. What happened? Like, what happened to Jimmy VC? Oh, my God. My boy where, disappeared. Where the fuck is Jimmy VC? He got Thanos snapped out of the NHL. I haven't heard of him in like a year. 
dude, I spelled Jimmy Feasy so wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's such an easy name. <laughs> uh, dude, yeah, uh, in Buffalo. He's in Buffalo, I believe. Yep, playing Buffalo. On fourth line. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, I just think that no lube. <laughs> at the most third line center, and you know what? If you can get that out of a third round, or not a third, a seventh round draft pick, you're fucking winning. You're winning at life there. And our, you know, star goalie prospect in the seventh round. I, I say it a lot, but things are looking up for Montreal. And as um, hockey. This whole fucking, this whole podcast can be renamed like things are looking up for Montreal. Because, like, it's all we can say. Like, because there's, there's nothing. We haven't had a setback. You know, we haven't had, like, God damn it. Like, we're back to square one again. Like, we have done nothing but, you know skyrocket we we're on an, an incline you know like it seems it feels like i've almost forgotten since it's been so long ago how just fucking painstakingly horrible the regular season was for us like this did not seem like it was gonna be a happy year for me doing this podcast the last half of the season fucking cockney emmy gets sent down we're losing we lost what 10 games in a row twice like we <laughs> we were awful and before you came on i was sitting here shitting on the rep trying to make my team look good but i knew damn well that we were just shit dude it man. was just ref blasting ref blasting <laughs> and like, they were fucking horrible they yeah were, they, they, they dude they the were best. so bad this fucking dallas game last night too i'm like that right. fucking icing call dude what was it fucking hit vasilevsky's fucking pad the refs call it an icing call if tampa had a one on that i might have boycotted the nhl if i'm being honest that would have been the worst <laughs> fucking <laughs> They almost did too. They had a nice shot on goal from it. It was oh my! I would have lost it. Yeah, but you'd but, be watching yeah. baseball, huh? <laughs> no, not that bad. <laughs> Nothing can make me watch baseball. Oh, oh man, nothing's worse than watching a pitching battle in baseball. And everyone says it's so fucking exciting. Like, no, it's just you're just yeah. watching if, two dudes throw. If you're a not ball. playing baseball, I don't think it's really that fun to watch. Maybe watching- maybe in game, you know, like if you're at the game. Have you ever been to a baseball game? Yeah, I used to I, like how you are with like playing soccer growing up. I was like that for baseball. Cause yeah, but have you, would, like have an fucking... MLB baseball game? Have you ever Fuck like, no. I live in the South. Like, dude, <laughs> we don't have it's shit. So fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the Jays play once. And like, think I was, I was sitting second row on the third baseline because we got free free tickets and one of my buddies was like richest richest shit so we went we got on the third baseline which is like the place to be right right i guess if you want to get get a ball me and my buddy both got foul balls and i have never and i was like i don't know i was like 11 i have never been more bored in my entire life (laughs) i got my ball i was like super hype i got on the jumbotron and then that was the highlight of that like, I just sat there. It was like a 14-inning game, and it just went on forever. Like, I just don't know how people – I want to go home now, bud. Like, yeah. I was I was 11. I was falling asleep. It was nap time. 
I don't know. I couldn't do it. I have to watch like fucking Gaelic football or something. Anything other than fucking baseball. Gaelic football is insane. Gaelic football is awesome. Dude, I was showed that last year uh, by a a coworker that's like turned into like one of my favorite coworkers. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, folks, like, if we start talking baseball, you know it's like the end of the episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, you that's know things are, you got, in the beginning. You got nothing to talk about if you're talking about baseball. I mean, there's one glimmer, one glimmer, right? And this is how we exit. Nick Suzuki's on the all rookie team for the NHL. Oh, fuck! How did I not talk about that? Because we needed to close out with it. Because it, he, that's how much respect he needed. He needed to be honored at the very end to just have everyone be like, "Holy fuck! How did I forget that?" How did I forget? We got Nick Suzuki. COVID fucking makes every week seem so long that I forget that shit's happened by the time it's time to do these episodes. Like, I'll be like, oh, shit. Like, something happened. I'll see it on Twitter. I'll be like, oh, man, I'm going to talk about that. And then, like, three days pass, and it feels like three months, and I just – it feels like that happened so long ago. I just forget to mention it. Right. But, yeah, like, to be on the all-rookie team as a centerman is pretty fucking hard understand this wasn't the greatest year for center prospects but you know had some pretty steep competition too kirby doc was fucking phenomenal and you know to be the best center possibly you know rookie that every position on the ice is important but center will always be the number one it's like it's not like qb in the nfl but it's pretty fucking important you need a number one center and to have suzuki there that's just fucking phenomenal I love this kid. I got his jersey. I literally ordered one. <laughs> Did you get it? It's not in yet, but uh, I am a proud owner of a Nick Suzuki jersey. Oh, you're <laughs> gonna make me buy a jersey, and I got dude, the money dude, for that. Ready, ready. I mean, we still we still associate with cool hockey. Cool hockey. If I believe, hopefully, it's still up. I'd feel miserable if I sent people this way. Uh, cool hockey had a, I believe, is a thirty percent off any team that was eliminated in the in the. Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Guess what? Montreal was in it. I got my jersey there's for like a no, hundred and twenty-five dollars. <laughs> like, dude, there's no fucking way they started that promotion knowing there was going to be twenty-four teams in the playoffs, dude. Dude, but all the I know, buddy who pitched that definitely got <laughs> fired. <laughs> well, man, I fucking walked out with a deal, like a fucking deal on that. Like 125 yeah. for a, a fucking hand stitch jersey. Thank you. We might have to end money. this episode so I can go jersey shopping. There you go. There you go, dude. I was, I was going back and forth. I was like, fuck it. I guess, I guess Christmas is right like today, and I just bought it. Like <laughs> September, December. What's the yeah, difference? I'll make it work. It's the South. Weather doesn't change. Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's fucking. 100% humidity, and then winter is fucking 80% humidity. We drop down to maybe, I don't know, 80 degrees. Like, <laughs> got, a little wind, got a little wind out there, bud. It was uh, it was 8 degrees the other day when I got up at 5 a.m. or 4, 4 a.m. to go to work. 8 degrees Celsius. I don't know what the fuck that is, Fahrenheit. But 30, I think it's 35 freezing. plus. So It was freezing. I think that's 43 degrees for us, bud. Hmm. Well, not, not the not the mathematician, but you know, I think that's we, where we're at. Because because I literally tried to do my best to to have all of that ready, 
as far as like knowing the you know the transfer from southern america to canada (laughs) (laughs) well i think uh We've talked about baseball and the weather, so I think it's a sign. Oh, dude, it's so done (laughs) to wrap up this episode. (laughs) If you've made it this far, you know, fucking metal, you know, like Jesus Christ, you you earn a badge, dude. You Um, you've one hundred percented like Skyrim, like like you've done it all, but you found everything. You you listen to us way too much. (laughs) And I appreciate it. I appreciate it so fucking much. Yeah. I'll just start saying we. I'm sorry. There's, there's there's no need to just say I appreciate it. At all times, we appreciate it all. Yeah, for the most part. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm kidding, 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 kidding. Uh, but folks, nah. as always, you can find us on Twitter at Bayou Benders and at Habs Nightly. Folks, we love to, to get any type of uh, interactions with y'all. Uh, things have been great lately, Mason is steadily coming for my followers uh he's trying he's trying to surpass me and i i want nothing more than that i want nothing more than that bud because that just shows that we have a successful podcast curb your enthusiasm eh as (laughs) always you can find us at (laughs) bye (laughs) man just wants to go take a nap oh man but yes you can find me at Habs nightly and him at bayou benders on twitter um you know, if you made it this far, like we said, Jesus Christ, like, good on you. I, I don't think I'd be able to. This has been a mess. But um, appreciate you as always, and that'll be me signing off. Oh, man, this has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great, a great week, and we'll talk to you all very soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.